0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, like I said, I am glad you are here. I'm I'm Pastor Jesse. You've probably seen me on the on the videos for the last few months, um, but it's uh it's really good to see your face uh, talking to the camera and pretending to be excited um, over and over and over gets gets hard. But if when I get to see you, I'm actually like I'm really excited. You guys are way cuter than the camera. Um, and if you guys watch the announcement videos and you're like, man, that guy's pretty excitable and kind of over the top. This might be a long 25 minutes for you, um, but those of you who like the announcements, this probably will be fairly easy to sit through. but today we're going to just jump right in. Um, we've been talking about family matters and we've been talking, um, Steve's been taking us on this journey, this hike, um, this adventure um, through family and, and, and how we treat um, our neighbors and, our, and others. And, and so we're going we're gonna to finish that off today. We're, we're kind of at the summit and, and today we're going to talk a lot about how we pass that on, how we, how we invest that into other people. And the word of the day today is intentionality. The word of the day today is intentionality. Um, it's a very important word, and we're gonna, I want to give a quick example of intentionality that I think we can all relate to. It's Family Sunday. So I want us to, I want us to picture like a two-year-old um, uh, that's, that's learning to potty train. All right? So there's an accident. There are accidents. It's like you're in the car, you're in the room, you're at the zoo, you're somewhere, and they're like, I got to go to the bathroom. And they tell you because it's like now. And like, you do your very best, but sometimes... We're just not fast enough. Um, and, and there's accidents. Those things happen. But intentionality is is that two-year-old that goes behind the couch and hides and squats down and poops. There's no accident there. That's an intention. Um, you can't go to that little one and be like, oh, you had an accident. No, you had an intention. You knew exactly why you went behind that couch and you, you hid from me. I, kn- I know what's up. Um, but intentionality is important, not... Not in that sense. But intentionality is important, especially in our relationship with our family. Things just don't happen by accident or very few things happen by just accident. And how our kids are developed and raised and what kind of character traits and faith they have once they have reached 18 adulthood is intentional on our part. Um, So up here, we have all these jars filled with gumballs. And these gumballs represent a week in the life of a kid from birth to 18. So when you think, how much time do I have to invest in my kid until they're 18 years old, it's 936. Parents have 936 weeks from the time their child is born until they turn 18. And when you're able to visualize it, it makes us realize that every single week matters. We in here as adults, um, we can count to 1,000 fairly quickly, and it's not that big of a number, and we have less than 1,000 to invest in our kids. Every one of these gumballs is a week, and every year, 52 more are gone. And by the time they get to 17 years old, on their 17th birthday, there are 52 weeks left before they're an adult. Now, that doesn't mean investment in in helping them doesn't, it just stops when they turn 18, we know that's not true, but there's a new set of rules as an adult. And and if we take one week out of this one-year jar, and I cut this gumball into two-thirds, and I held one-third in my hand, and I put the other two-thirds back into the jar, that one-third represents about 40 hours a year in the whole year, 40 hours of that whole year. And that's how much myself or Pastor Steve or Pastor Ben, that's how much on average we get with your kids a year to invest in them, 40 hours a year. You, as parents and adults, have 3,000 a year. It would be silly for me to think that all the responsibility falls on you to help spiritually develop your child. It's also silly for, for you to assume that we can do it too. That's why we use here at Grace Point for the, for the kids. It's called the Orange Curriculum. The Orange Curriculum says that the church is yellow. We're the light of the world. The home is red. That's where relationships happen. And together, we're orange. Together, working together, helping each other is when we can help and maximize the potential we have every single week with our kids. We tend to make the most, like I said, when we can see how much time left. It helps us stay focused. And the thing is, is that we can't do anything, we can't do it all in just one week. We need to do things in regular, in specific increments deliberate increments in their life as we develop them. There's not just one big gumball in here where I have to try to pour everything I know into them, like, oh no, I need them to know how to be generous and how to serve and how to love and how to treat others the way they want to be treated, and I want them to know how to prioritize their life and tithe and God and blah, blah. Well, that's okay because you have a lot of gumballs. You have a lot of weeks. You have a lot of practice. You have a lot of time with your kids but every week matters. There's not one of these gumballs that doesn't matter. And a lot of us might say, or you might hear when you're a parent, you have a two-year-old and you're just like talking to someone and they are like, oh, my two-year-old is crazy. They're getting into every drawer. They're getting into every cabinet. They won't sleep all night. They're trying to, like, they're trying to eat the dog food. They're, they're pooping behind the couch. It's a mess. I don't know what's going on. And, and, and some people in response will tell you it's just a phase. It's just a phase, they'll get over it, just power through, it's just a phase. But the problem with thinking of it as just a phase that you have to get through is like taking a handful of these gumballs out of the two-year-old jar and saying, I can't wait for this part of their life to be over and I'm not going to really invest that much because I just want it to be done. That would be silly. That would be silly for us to do that. Or when you have that sixth grader or seventh grader going through puberty and you're like, they eat everything in the house. They're growing like crazy. I have to go to the store every single week. This isn't going to work. They hate me and love me at the same time. I don't know who they are anymore. It's just a phase. You just once you get through with it, you're, well, that's like taking a handful of those, those gumballs out. Don't, don't see things in your child's life. Don't let people tell you it's just a phase. Look at that phase and say, this is a big deal because here's the thing. Your child, the way they are right now, the age they are, you only get them at that age for 12 months, 52 weeks, 365 days. That two-year-old that drives you nuts, you only get them for 12 months, and then they're no longer a two-year-old. You will never know them as a two-year-old again, and then they're gone. They're three And then parents are like, they were just four yesterday and now they're nine. What am I doing? Oh, they're growing up so fast. Exactly. This isn't a lot of gumballs. That's why every week matters. You get just one year, 12 months, with that kid that age, and you'll never know them at that age again. Every single week matters. If your kids went home today and they, they got out a piece of paper and they said, they filled in their name and they put quiz behind it. And they started get, putting in fill-in-the-blank questions for you, the parents or grandparents, to answer. Things like, Who my who's my BFF? What are my favorite things in these categories? What are my fears? What are my dreams and ambitions? What do I want to be when I grow up? What are the things I'm struggling with in school? Um, and you can go down the line. They ask whatever questions they want to ask. And you go down through that list Some of you might be like, man, I'm nailing it. I know all these things. Some of us might be like, I don't, I could get my kid's name right, but that's about all. I like, they're everywhere. They're in all kinds of sports. They're all over the place. And and I'm just trying to like keep everything together. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter because you can take one week and say, you know what, this is the, I'm going to start now. I still have quite a bit of gumballs to go. And they change their fears, their friends, their ambitions, their dreams, their struggles. They change and develop. And if you build that relationship here, and you're teaching them the things they need to know, and you're teaching them the way they love, and you're you're asking them those questions when they're four and five and six, you develop this habit of investing year after year, week after week, month after month, so by the time they're here and they're getting ready to graduate at 18, you could have those good clear heavy conversations with them where you can sit down and say what are your dreams now? What are your ambitions now? What are you afraid of now? It's probably not spiders at 18. It's probably moving to college. It's probably making friends. Probably moving to a new house. It's probably fill in the blank. But when you start here and you start investing each week, by the time you get here, you can celebrate those last 52 weeks and not fear the last 52 weeks. You can celebrate the last 17 years and you can say, hey, I have 50 week, 52 weeks left to enjoy you as mine and then you're an adult and I will still love you and help you. But the, the rules are a little different. So I'm going to celebrate these last few months, these last few weeks instead of fearing them. Now, we want to create a rhythm in our home that leverages routine times to invest in your kids. Because we might say, we don't have time to do that. When do I have time? What do I do? How do I teach? Well, I can't give you all the answers today, but I can give you some of the answers today. Um, the first thing um, before, before I get into it, this book, it's called Don't Miss It. This is where um, I've been reading a lot. This is where I, get the, I got the jar idea from. This is a book uh, written by a guy named Reggie Joyner, who's an unbelievable children's ministry-minded person. Um, all his stuff is good, but this Don't Miss It book is for parents um, and grandparents or people that you're just trying to invest in. And it helps you understand why every week matters. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, Moses gives us four times, four places where we can really invest in our kids. All right, the first time, or let me read it. I guess I should read it first. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Now here's our part impress them on your children talk about them when you sit at home when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them to your foreheads write them on your door frames of your houses and on the on your gates now good times to invest in your kids are meal time car time bedtime and morning time four times to really invest in your kids or grandkids is mealtime, car time, bedtime, and morning time, because guess what? At least two out of the four of those happen um, with you around them, um, especially when they're, when they're younger. I mean, those, those things happen all the time, and then they get to like 16 and they can drive, and car time maybe becomes a little less, and it becomes their time. They're free at this moment after their homework's done before they go hang out with their friends. That becomes your, your, your car time once they get a little older. But when you think about those four times, those are 15, like, like five to 20 minute increments that we have throughout the day that we can really make an investment in our kids. During mealtime, everybody got to eat, right? And everybody, uh, not everyone sits down for, for family dinner, but your kids do. They sit down at some point in time to eat. And when they, when they do, that's a time for us to sit down and not just say like, hey, how was your day? We can say, we can ask that and they'll probably just say good, but we can also say, hey, how was, how was class today? I know that you've been, you've been struggling with, with that student that sits across from you, they kind of pick on you. How did it go today? And they might say, it was fine. And you might say, tell me about that. You see, that little sentence right there, tell me about that, is like extraordinarily important and it gets them to actually talk to you. If you're, if you're sick of one word answers, maybe you should say like, tell me about that. Um, and see see if they open up. And then if they tell you just a little bit, he was still kind of mean. Okay. The next meal or the next day, you can be like, hey, yesterday we talked about that friend and you said this thing. Tell me more about that. How did it go today? Week after week, you make that investment to pour into their life, to find out how they're doing and what they're going through. And eventually those build into conversations that you can have with them. And the car time, Parents today are, we're, we're crazy, we're going from sport to sport, every kid's in a club and 16 sports or activities, and, and um, extracurriculars are totally fine um, if they're prioritized right, and, um, but when you're in the car, usually we just say, 15 minutes, we got to get there, the car time is just to get there. And the kids are usually like, just turn on the radio, or they're fighting, or they're on their iPad or whatever. But you could like, hide their iPad, and so when they get in the car, you actually have to talk to them. And um, you actually take that time to like, invest in them. For, for example, like, when I was growing up, my mom and dad made me listen to Adventures in Odyssey um, when we would go places. Adventures in Odyssey is like this old-school cassette. I don't even think they, they transferred over to a DVD. Um, but they, they would pop in the cassette, and we would listen to Adventures in Odyssey, and we'd listen to these stories, and when they would get done, my mom and dad would be like, so... You, that character that did this thing, what did you think about that? And, and we would talk and then all of a sudden we were having the discussion on how we, how we act and how we treat people and what we do in certain situations and adventures and, and ideas and imagination and, and all this really cool stuff. And it, was, it all happened in the car at little increments. The next time is bedtime. Bedtime we have that time every night with our kid and when they're younger, that might be time to cuddle and to, and to lay in the bed and, and to hang out with them or to give them a bath. But as they get older, it's like, can I sit at the edge of your bed, please, while, so you, before you yell at me? Um, and you can sit down with them. And that bedtime is a time where you can they're, they're winding down, and you can thank them and, and talk about their day, pray with them, do devotions with them, help them with their devotions if they have questions about God, read them Bible stories, read them just other stories, but have intentional investment in their day, in their night, before they go to bed, and let them know before their eyes close, the last thing they think about is that mom and dad love me. And the last, day, last thing is morning time. And we know that the 50% of kids at morning time are like, yeah, it's morning, this is awesome, I'm ready for the day! And 50% of them walk around with their eyes closed after you get them out of bed to finish everything they need to do because they don't want to be talked to or touched. And they're just a, grump, they're just a grumpster dumpster, right? Um, no, you just don't want to be around them. But in that morning time, that's a great day for you to give soft and gentle encouragement. And, and hey, you're going to have a good day. I know you have a test today. Let me pray for you before you leave. Hey, remember this Bible verse before you leave. That way when they leave your house, the last thing they're thinking about, hey, mom, mom or dad prayed for me. They invested in me. They told me this verse. I'm going to try to keep that verse on my heart. Those four times a day we might take for granted, but we can take those four times a day and we can take them and use them for our own advantage. And if you want to know more about like mealtime and bedtime, what do we talk about? What, what are we learning? In our app, if you have a phone, there's an app called the Parent Q, C-U-E, Parent And that app is made by Orange, the same curriculum we use for preschool through elementary. And when you type in your kid's name, it tells you, it asks you for their birthday, and it tells you how many weeks left in their life before they turn 18 on there. So it helps you with that countdown to make every week matter. And it says, hey, we've learned this in Kids Point today. Here's a whole week of stuff to talk about that we talked about in Kids Point all week. Here's, something, here's some videos to play at home during dinner so you can all watch it together. Here's some stuff to listen to in the car. Here's some stuff to talk about in the morning and at night. And, and even as they get into teens, they have great devotionals and they have uh, parent blogs and questions and comments that you guys, can, you guys can interact with. That way we can help each other develop your kids. So if you want to know what to actually say in those times, the parent queue is awesome. And the last thing I want to talk about I know that a lot of us in here are not parents. Some of us are single. Some of us are post-grad. Some of us are still in school. Some of us are grandparents. Um, some of us are, are teens or kids. And it doesn't matter. Like, we don't, we don't have any, any kids of our own. And so what does this whole thing have to do with me? Well, even if this is a lifetime of a student, you might say, I just started my job, and I think I'm going to be here for about four years. I'm going to take every week, and I'm going to invest in my coworkers. I'm going to take every week, and I'm going to I'm going to pray for my company, and I'm going to pray for the person who sits next to me in my cubicle, and I'm going to ask them those questions. And it might not be bed, it might not be meal time, uh, car time, bedtime, or morning time for your coworkers. It might be first break, lunch break, water cooler and a uh, sounding bell to go home where you just have these small little hey how's your family doing hey yesterday we talked about how um like i, I know that you you're you're, cl- you're getting clean and you're on probation um is there anything i can do or pray for you about hey do you want to hang out later um can i can i can i hey we talked about how over mother's day you guys kind of had a fight and it was it was hard are you doing okay with that those investments still matter no matter where you are in life. No matter who it is, these investments matter. This example is just for a kid from birth to 18. But no matter where you are, you might have been at a company for like seven years and you might say, All right, I don't know how much time I have left, but I'm going to make sure every week at my job matters. I'm going to invest in the people I work with. College, I'm going to invest in my housemates or the people in the dorm or my teammates. Every single week matters and here's the last phrase that I want us to walk through today and this is the one I want you to go home with as we as we go and it goes like this if Jesus did it then we should do it because if we don't do it they won't do it I would like to think that I'm the greatest speaker in the world and that every one of these kids will remember every one of my sermons I've ever preached but it's not going to happen never going to happen All right. um, at my other church in Ohio, um, I was there for, for a little over four years, and I have some of my kids who are now teens, they'll text me and be like, they don't text me and say, hey Pastor Jesse, I remember that sermon you gave me, and it was like really powerful, and it's like completely transformed my life. They, what they do say is like, hey, Pastor Jesse, I remember that one time you were on stage and you accidentally ripped your, your pants and then you walked around like this all day at church because you didn't want anyone to see. They remember what I do. They remember what I did. They don't remember what I say. And so that's why this phrase is even more important. If Jesus did it, then we should do it because if we don't do it, they won't do it. I watched my dad growing up. I, I, I'm a mimicker. Anyone on staff can tell you that. I mimic. I watch. I pick up on little things that they do and I do them. It's, it's a weird habit. I don't know why I do it, but I do. But even when I was little, I, was, I would watch. My dad did something, I would do it. If my mom did something, I would do it. We start, I started to, right, as parents we say, look, you have a little mini-me. <laughs> you have a little mini-me. Well, who are you the mini-me of, parent? Of God? Jesus, or your coworkers, or someone you see on TV, if they're going to mimic us, if they're going to grow up to be like us, who are we continually, continually, every day growing up to try to be like? You want your kid to grow up to be generous, because we don't, we don't necessarily always say like, I want my kid, my kid's going to grow up to be a doctor, or a nurse, or a teacher. We hope our kid has a good profession and find something they love but we don't worry about that as much we worry about how they're going to be when they're an adult is my kid going to be generous is my kid going to love is my kid going to have like really make time with Jesus important every day is my kid going to understand that everything that we have is God's and that I want to make sure that he understands or she understands to give what to God what's God's I want my kid to have a good priority I want them to understand that like hey you know like Sports and, and friends and th- all that stuff matters, but faith and family and love and church, those matter way more. And I want them to have good priorities. I want them. We, we go through that list. I want them to serve others. I want them to be others-focused. I want them to care about God's kingdom. Well, there's a very important piece to the sandwich between God, Jesus doing things that we see in the Bible, and the kids doing things that we see, that we want them to be, and that's us. Because if Jesus did, if Jesus was generous, he obviously was. If Jesus cared about the kingdom, which he obviously did. If Jesus spent time alone with God, which he obviously did. If we look at Jesus' life and say, if Jesus did it, then I better be doing it because if I'm not gonna do it, they're probably not going to do it either. It's intention. They're not gonna just happen upon, accidentally, be super generous. But maybe, maybe, but it's going to be because of what they saw you doing. My, mom, my dad worked two jobs. My mom worked a job. We, we didn't have a, a ton of play money to kind of, to kind of do anything with. But if the church needed something, if the community needed something, if our neighbors needed help, we were the first ones there and the last ones to leave. My dad was so generous to people. He loved people. He was, he was others-minded. He cared about others. He served at our church even though having two jobs, he'd get done and he'd go to church and he'd serve because he cared about the church but you see, he, wanted, he didn't know what he wanted me to grow up to be. I, don't, I, I dislike trucking, that's what my dad does. I don't like mowing, which is a second job that he made me do. I, he didn't, I, I didn't pick those things up from him but I did pick up generosity. And I did pick up caring about others more than myself. My dad would sit. I was, I was hooked on the computer when I was a teenager, AIM, instant messenger. He would pull up a chair and sit beside me. And he would, he would just say, Jess, how are you doing? He would force me to talk to him because he understood that every week mattered. My mom would take me on shopping trips because she knew I liked to go shop for clothes. And we had car time where my mom would just turn the radio off and say, Jesse, how are you doing? Guys, it doesn't matter where you are, how old you are, what you do, every week matters. Your investment that's intentional into the lives of others matters. How you act and how you treat people, if you want your work environment to change, it has to change with you first. Because if Jesus did it, then we need to do it. Because if we don't do it, they won't do it. And that applies not only to the kids, but to your coworkers, to the people that you lead, to the people that, you're, that you live beside. If, they see, if you want to see change, if you want to invest in your kids, if you want every week to matter, Jesus did it, then we better do it. Because if we don't do it, they won't do it. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. And thank you so much for everyone who's here, God. I know that there's a lot of walks of life and a lot of ages, grandparents and parents and, and singles and postgrads and grads and, and students and teens. God, it doesn't matter as much where we are in life as, a, as it matters what we're doing with our time now. God, every week matters. And if we have kids, those weeks matter because we want to invest in their future. We, the only way to build character and to build faith and to build responsibility is by investing in them every single week with the time we have with them. If we want our coworkers to change, if we want to invest in them and have friendships with them to, so they can see you, we need to start acting like you so that they can see who you really are. God, we might not have much time left. You say that tomorrow is not even promised. So, what are we doing with today? Are we waiting for the right time? Are we waiting just to give a lot of information at once and then think we're done? Are are we making very, very intentional, small deposits each week into the lives of others? We love you and just pray this all in your name. Amen.